when we act together will we have the courage to change our lives and the world around us. And this is why community is such an important aspect of our human experience. Welcome to the Community Heroes podcast, where we celebrate and share the stories of ordinary people doing extraordinary things. I'm your host, Catherine Mann. On this show, we share the stories of people using their skills, experiences, businesses, and involvement through sporting clubs and service organizations to enrich the lives of those around them. Community is so much more than the town you live in. It's a group of people that care about each other and feel they belong together. They are the people that support you when you need it the most. They're the ones who share the same ideas, interests and attributes that you do. Now let's hear from the heroes that are pioneering, changing and impacting their communities. Hello and welcome to the Community Heroes Show. Today I have the amazingly inspiring Kylie Allen joining us. Kylie is an entrepreneur, a mother, a wife, teacher and life changer. She is a risk taker who is always looking to improve the lives of those around her. She's committed to focusing on the mental health, confidence, social and emotional learning of kids. Kylie is the director and one of the teachers at the Inspiring Mind Studio. At the studio, they change the lives of kids, offering a variety of programs that nurtures and supports the well-being of kids. Their programs help kids build their confidence and independence while learning important literacy and numeracy concepts, developing their fine motor skills and learning important social and emotional skills to help them through their life. During lockdown, Kylie is supporting families by helping by helping and providing an online program for preschool children. She is also co-authored her first book, Empowered Women, Empowering the World, which is launching in September, and she also has a children's book in the pipeline. Welcome, Kylie. Thank you. Beautiful introduction. Oh, for a beautiful person. What a superstar you are. Oh, thank you. I don't know about that. I'm just, yeah, trying to keep going through this lockdown and helping people as much as I can. Yeah, that's great. So, yeah, I would love to hear a little bit more about your background and where you sort of, what you did, who you are and how you came to setting up uh, Inspiring Mind Studio. Um, so I am a primary school teacher and I taught for 10 years and I just always had in my head that there was something more out there for me. Um, prior to that, I worked in the travel industry and lived over in America. I lived over in London and, yeah, travelling was my life and then fell in love with kids nannying over in the UK and, yeah, came back, studied teaching, and then I just still knew it wasn't my forever job. And, yeah, almost three years ago now I um, walked into my principal's office and said, can I please have a year off work? And I opened up Inspiring Minds and have never looked back. So, yeah, we, um, I I guess it's teaching kids is what I love and 
Unfortunately, there's so much other stuff that is involved in it, um, an assessment and admin and so many more things that are becoming less about the kids. And I found that really um, challenging and annoying and frustrating. So um, I thought, you know what, if I open up my own space, I can do the learning and the teaching and have fun with the kids and nurture them and support them. And um, so, yeah, we get kids, help get kids ready for school and let them have fun, but engaged and independent. And we do a whole heap of fun things in here. Um, And I love it. It's my happy place. So That's incredible. So what sort of programs do you run and what sort of activities do the children do? So um, the main thing we do here is a three-hour class for three- to five-year-olds. At the moment, we've had to close down with stage four restrictions, so we're doing online. But normally the kids come in um, once, some do it twice a week. Um, And I've got an amazing team of teachers here that we have them in a small group. We have a huge focus on social and emotional learning and then we cover things like literacy, numeracy, art. We do science experiments. We do some yoga and breathing every session, um, fine motor skills. It's it's almost like a kinder in a sense, but it's so much more amazing than that. Yeah, um, and we really focus on building their independence and their confidence um, so that we know that these little people can go off to school and thrive. Um, that's my main goal. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah. And so... Like how, and so you've been running this for three years now? Yeah, well, coming up, Feb will be three years, so we're in our third year now. Yeah, great. And no. so then. Yeah, third year, so. You're all right. And so with the with the onset of COVID, you've then moved to online. And, and I actually love this story. So you, this was not something you offered beforehand. And now you didn't just. Oh, like sell out really quickly you oversubscribed and then had to get more teachers in yeah so well first lockdown that we had back in March April um, I did an online program and we had probably 50 kids that did that throughout term two while we were closed and then we reopened our studio and my classes for the end of term two were booked out um I had new kids coming from all over the place and it was amazing. And then we had a great start to this term and then stage four restrictions hit. And I thought, you know what, I've got to do something online to support the kids. You know, I, it's, it's just what I do. I'm about the kids. And I thought, look, if I can get 30 kids in the session, you know, I'm okay with that. I'm happy. And I launched it and it sold out within 24 hours. And I was like, oh, okay. One of my other teachers um, said, look, I'm happy to help out and I'll do a session as well. I was like, awesome. So I put that online, another 24 hours, that was booked out. So we, yeah, made the decision that um, we'd add a couple more sessions in and, again, I think within three more days they had completely booked out too. So, And I've had to turn back so many people but um, unfortunately we're all mums as well as teachers so we are dealing with our kids at home um, and not at care or school or kinder. Um, yeah, so we've got 130 kids doing an online program at the moment um, and they love it. It's, it's awesome. So what sort of things do you do through the time with the kids? Um, so it's a one-hour session, so they'll do two one-hour sessions with us during the week. 
we have a different letter focus each week um, and unfortunately we can't do all the hands-on things that we would normally do in here so it is a little bit more um, sort of worksheet based but we'll do some crafts we'll do some numeracy activities um, little games we're doing yoga um, some brain gym we do a science experiment and we do look at different social and emotional um, skills as well so we're basically putting all the amazing stuff we do in the studio um, into a condensed version um, to support the kids at home I know how hard it is I'm a parent as well as a teacher and you know it's hard for you as a mum to get your kids to want to learn um, <clears throat> and do their work because at the end of the day they don't see me as a teacher they see me as mum and I know that a lot of other parents are in the same boat. So I figure if we can help, um, you know, focus their kids' attention and let them have fun as well as be educated, then, you know, it's winning. And if it means their mum can sit down and have a cup of coffee or have a shower while their child's online with us, then, you know, I know they appreciate that as well. Yeah, and it's also it offers the kids a great opportunity to connect in with other kids. So, Absolutely. So no, that's one of the hardest things. I've got a five-year-old, and it's it's really difficult. It's not like she can't pick up the phone and ring her friends. They're not quite at that level yeah. of um, socialization yet. So it's a really beautiful, great service that you're offering. I love it. Yeah, thank you. And the other thing too is I know that there's a lot of people with more than one child so they might have their primary school children who are um, learning from home so they need to help them and it just gives the little ones something <clears throat> to keep busy um, and engaged with while you know as a parent you can't be in two places at once and um, it means that sometimes the the little ones can be with us online and um you know, the older kids can be doing their work at the same time. Yeah, perfect. That must be such a welcome relief and also for the kids too. Um, it's just a, it's a great program. And so yeah. what are some of the values that the, um, that the kids get to take away and how have you seen them grow and change, you know, even pre-lockdown as well? Uh, the, do you know what? The confidence that the kids get you know, we are so nurturing here and that's a big thing for me. I am all about the mental health of kids. Um, I want kids to thrive when they leave here and, you know, we're so nurturing and we want kids to experience success and, you know, feel good about themselves. So, um, you know, even just in terms of different skills of using scissors and being able to write their name, you know, we've got those kinds of things. But being able to regulate their emotions and, you know, then communicate with their parents about what they've learnt in here is awesome. You know, some of the stories I hear from parents about what their kids are doing that they couldn't do beforehand, um, is it's amazing. I love hearing them and knowing that we are helping families and making a difference to the lives of kids. It's pretty special. Yeah. Is there any stories that sort of come to mind that you'd like to share? Yeah, I actually had um, one mum who both of her children used to come here and she shared with me that she had a phone call, um, they were doing some renovations and something hadn't gone to plan and she was really frustrated and her little girl in the backseat who was four at the time 
said, that's okay, mum. You just need to smell the flowers and blow out the candles like we do with our breathing. And so she's going, and she's helped her mum to regulate and to calm down. And her mum was like, I can't believe my four-year-old just did that. You know? I love it. That is absolutely brilliant. Yeah, it's really cute. It's really cute. Yeah, gorgeous. And because getting kids to harness their breath is, it help, well, in anybody really, it's it helps you on such a massive level. Um, yeah, yeah, using it to calm yourself in those stressful situations. But yeah, it's it's just such a, it helps you get to sleep. It helps you to think. And then when you said, when we can get back to sporting and exercising, it, you know, it can help, helps all the way through there as well. Yeah. yeah. Great. And so what do you think was really drove you to, to serve within this space, especially coming from an area of uh, broad travels and everything else? So what do you think sort of called you to here? Um, oh, to teaching, I just fell in love with kids after nannying. Um, and then when my son, Darcy, who's now nine, when he went from kindergarten to school, I just realised that that gap between kinder and school was so big. And I figured as, as a teacher who's taught prep and, you know, for someone like me that kind of knew the things to try and help prepare him for, if I still noticed such a big gap, I wondered how other parents would be feeling that weren't in, um, didn't have a teaching background, I guess. And yeah, I just sort of thought there's not a lot of time for kids to just be kids and have fun. There's always a lot of pressure, particularly at school. You know, there's a lot of curriculum to get through and a lot of assessment and, um, yeah, it's just sort of hard to find time to just have fun and, I just wanted to create a space that was fun um, and nurturing, but also giving them the skills that they um, that they need to take with them. Yeah, that's great. I love that, and I love your names. You're inspiring their minds. They're yeah. doing it. So even though it's fun and it's you know it's games and everything else, it's still educational. Absolutely. In, at at a not even a, a subconscious level, at a very obvious level too. So, yep. and it's teaching them great skills that learning is fun. You know, it's it not. It's and not there's all no reason about. why it shouldn't be. You yeah. Know? Um, we do we do things a bit differently, you know, like I write our own curriculum um, and there's no reason why it shouldn't be fun, you know. It shouldn't be boring. They shouldn't just be sitting there listening, you know. They should be learning by doing and, you know, lots of hands-on activities, experiments where they're predicting um, and then testing to see um, what happens, you know, rather than I don't want to sit up here and tell them what to do and what to think. We let them um, explore that themselves. Yeah, that's perfect. And because then it's getting them to be the little explorers in their own lives. Absolutely. Yep. And to problem solve too. You know, that's one thing that, um, you know, they need to be able to do when they get to school. We're not going to be there with them. The parents aren't going to be there with them to hold their hand through everything. So, you know, we really try and build up that resilience and give them some skills to be able to problem solve. Because um, yeah. that's a big one. Yeah, absolutely. And how important do you think of looking after the emotional and uh, mental health of kids is uh, on the rest of their lives? Oh, huge. It's funny, like, as much as we teach kids, we're also educating parents as well about 
um, school readiness and, you know, a lot of people think that being able to count or know the alphabet um, is what's important for school readiness and that's nowhere near the top of the list, you know. Those social and emotional skills are by far the most important thing that they need um, to go to school with, you know. If they can express their needs, make friends, share, um, be independent, then the academic stuff will come um, but that should not be the main focus and that's exactly what we're doing here um, and I guess that's why the kids love it so much. Yeah great because it's the confidence of being able to sort of put your hand up and ask for help when you need it, reach out, get the support. Yeah they're all just little skills that we don't aren't innately taught but they're so important for us to grow and thrive um, in any situation absolutely yep yep and it's it's funny because we have small groups in here so and the two teachers that are in here we can while the kids are playing we can help with that learning and do teaching on the spot based on the situation as well which is and which is awesome. And if there's problems, you know, social skills that they need to learn, like sharing or taking turns, we can sort of scaffold that um, in the class as well. They've got that support because we've only got a small group of kids. Yeah, having that real connection in with one another as well. Yeah, absolutely. Connection, the relationships are, the, are such a big, big part of learning. You know, when they feel safe and secure, then they're going to be open to so much more. Perfect. And yeah. so the kids that you sort of have, are they, uh, are they connected outside of your program in any way on a majority? Uh, not all of them. Some have, it's really nice. Some of them have become friends um, and, you know, do see each other outside. Some kids who are friends outside do come to the same class together which is really nice as well um and it just makes it a little bit easier for the kids to transition you know with their parents leaving knowing another child in here which is really nice but you know we've got I've built a little community um well big community actually but we've got you know we communicate with parents in an online on an online platform as well um, and, you know, share photos of their kids in the studio and, um, you know, through social media and stuff. So that's that's really nice. And we've got, you know, just now I've got uh, um, two mums that have gone through a whole pregnancy together and their girls are in the same class. So it's just beautiful that they could share um, the pregnancy journey and I'm dying for our classes to get back so I can see these new babies. Um but, oh, you know, you like little things like that. It's a it's a real beautiful community that we've got here. Really yeah, special. great. And so, for parents that may be listening that can't get their kids into your classes because you're all sold out, what are some of the tips, hints, you know, that you could offer or resources, places to go that could help um, parents at, at the moment? dealing with the pandemic, but also just in general in life because this is skills that are always going to be needed. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so we share videos and stuff on our social media pages. So if anyone is interested, can have a look on um, our page, Inspiring Mind Studio, and see like last week every day I shared some different activities um, 
that you could do from home with your child. Um, but also having stories, books are just, um, you know, my favourite. So having any books that relate to, um, you know, social skills or emotions um, are really are really good. Um, you know, reading reading to your kids and helping them learn through books is is amazing. Um, lots of games, you know, things, it could be board games, anything that you've got to um, take turns, learn to win and lose, you know, don't let your kids win all the time, um, you know, because that's not life and they're not going to win all the time and they need to be able to experience that um, in a safe place with you at home um, before they have to then go out and lose something for the first time when they're at school and they don't know how to deal with that. So, um you know that's a that's a big one as well. Yeah, my uh, my five year old she has to win at everything. <laughs> She's extremely competitive, which is fabulous because you know when you wanted to do something, it's like, oh, I'll beat you. <laughs> Probably <laughs> <Love> not, <laughs> but then, then you know, like she will literally fall over or run into something if you're gonna win. You know, yeah. just she will hurt herself before she will lose. It's like that's not healthy behavior. Let's have a chat around that. <laughs> I love it, <laughs> but yeah, it is, and, and it's not. It's not admonishing or you know discouraging these kind of unique behaviors. It's just learning them how to put it into a healthy context. Yeah, and you know what? That's it's great to be competitive and want to win and yeah but you know it's important for the kids to realize that sometimes things don't go our way and that's okay you're going to be okay um and just having the skills and some strategies to deal with that when you lose you know we um pre-covid when you're allowed to touch each other um you know we would get the kids to shake hands after a game or give each other a high five or um, you know, clap for their friends for winning and just really talking about it's just a game and it's okay. We don't have to win all the time. It's about having fun. Um, you know, it's not like the what they've turned to in, you know, kids' sports now where everyone gets a trophy and because um, that's not reality, you know. No, Look it's, at not, us hel- it's not helpful. We don't, we don't get a trophy for participating in life. Um yeah, so it's it's just really building those those different skills and resilience is such a big one. That um, is, yeah. Would you like to can you share some more around resilience? Because I think yeah. it's it's a really important thing, but it, it seems to have only just started to become kind of that catchphrase thing that everybody's adopting, and and it is it's so important in so many ways. Absolutely, you know, one thing is especially for the little ones. Don't do for them what they can do for themselves. So if your child is capable of putting their own plate in the sink, let them do it or the dishwasher. If they're capable of dressing themselves, encourage them to dress themselves. And I'm not saying don't ever do it for them if you're running out the door and you're late or whatever, but, you know, think about the things that you do for them um, and whether or not they could do that independently, you know, taking off their jumper, um, shoes you know buy your buy your kids velcro shoes maybe if they're starting school because as a teacher soggy shoelaces is up there with one of the worst things as a prep teacher <laughs> to deal with especially when it hasn't been raining oh yeah nice. back from the toilet mm. or whatever and you've got to deal with soggy shoelaces um 
but yeah, letting them, you know, do things, problem solve, you know, be there for them to offer ideas to and listen to them and maybe help brainstorm, but let them solve the problem that they have. Um, you know, if we jump in constantly and try and fix everything, we're not actually helping our kids um, as much as it feels like we are. Um, we're not because we're not providing them the opportunity to build those skills for themselves. Um, and they're so, so important. Um, you know, the other thing would be um, letting them fail. And I know that goes against a lot of what we want to do as a parent, but if we don't ever let our kids fail, they're never going to know what it feels like. And, you know, they're not always going to win. They're not always going to get picked. They're not always you know, going to have everything go their way. And it's really important for them to know what that feels like um, and that they're going to be okay. Um, we can't bubble wrap them as much as you might like to, um, but be there to support them as much as you can. Yeah, beautiful. And it's about empowering them with their, you know, making good choices as yeah. well as like don't make the choice for them but in you know giving them those options and, and talking about them and creating good conversation and communication as well I've seen that as some of the the best things that have come out of relationships I've had with young kids and old yes kids that have yeah absolutely <laughs> yeah it's so true absolutely you know talking to them they're people you know, we don't have to treat them like little babies. Um, and that's the thing too that we do here. We we treat them with respect and it's reciprocated because, you know, there's no reason why we're better than anyone else and everyone's welcome. You know, we've got a very inviting space and, um, you know, we treat them with respect, give them the opportunity to make decisions for themselves. Yeah, perfect. I've got to share a hilarious story. Oh, it's so my older daughter, she's now 16. She was four at the time when I met my now husband. And he's coming. He'd never really been much around kids and speaking to Amelia. And she just looked at me going, Why do you talk to me like I'm a kid? <laughs> I love it. And he never, yeah, we've never forgotten that moment. But it is, he. she didn't feel that he was respecting her because he was talking to her like a little kid. And it's like we don't have to talk to them like babies, you know. Absolutely. They are little humans and, and I just think it's important to treat kids, talk to kids just the same as you would your good friends, you know, just because so they can see the real you as well. Yeah, that's yeah, it. perfect. I'd love to really um to hear more also about and thank you for sharing so much about the inspiring minds. I just think it's such a great program, and I hope yeah. you I see it in more towns uh, as as your business grows and develops. But I'd really love to hear a bit more about your books that you've been writing. So oh, you kind of got yes. your creative on through lockdown. I have. Um, so I have a book that is being published, that has been published and is currently on its way from Queensland to Melbourne. Um, and it's called Empowering Women, Empowering the World. And it is a collaboration of 15 women, 15 ordinary everyday women that have, um, created 
amazing lives or businesses and made change in their community. And it's it, it covers a whole range of things. So in my chapter, I'm talking about, um, you know, my, my business, um, losing myself after having kids, um, battling postnatal depression with both of them, um, and then just really backing myself and going on to um, live the life that I want to live and, you know, the impact that that's having and the, I guess the ripple effect, which is amazing. And, you know, then there's other people talking about childhood trauma, addiction, suicide, and it's, it's one of those stories that will touch your heart but also really inspire you and empower you and um, make you believe that, you know, whatever you want is possible. And it's really, it's really good timing now with lockdown here in, um, in Melbourne or Victoria. And yeah, so that's super exciting. It's the release dates the 23rd of September. But, um, so it's on pre-release at the moment. And yeah, I'm, I'm just so excited to get it in my hands. Um, and yeah, just help other women, you know, and make people realize that they are someone. And even if you're a mum, you know, you don't need to just be a mum, um, you know, and that's what happened to me. Initially, I felt like Kylie was lost and I became mum and getting that power back was really, um, important and exciting. And, you know, there's no reason why you can't be a mum and be so many other things as well. Yeah, it's so true, isn't it? Yeah, sorry. It's a bit. <laughs> it's a beautiful journey, but yeah, it is. It does sort of you take all your priorities and your thought power and focus it on these humans, especially because they need you so much. But then we forget that when they don't need us as much, to actually focus on ourselves anymore. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And then the other one that I'm in the pipeline I'm so excited about is um, I've written a children's book about bravery. So um, that's still in the early stages. I have got the manuscript and I am um, in the process of getting it illustrated and then we'll try and get it published. So, you know, hopefully early next year I might have that released. Um, yeah, so I, I just find it hard sometimes to get really good quality um, books that teach the concepts that I want to teach to preschoolers. You know, sometimes they're really pitched above their level or some of them are really super basic that they don't go in depth enough. Um, so I figured I might as well write my own. I've got a lot of experience with it. So, um, yeah, watch this space. That's great. Could be a whole series. Who knows? I hope so. That'd yeah. be brilliant. Yeah, it, and you're right. In that sort of three to five year old, it's either too simple or too much, and yeah, it's it's such a they change so quickly and dramatically through those few few years. Um, yeah. it, it is a it's a interesting, you know, uh, process to be able to teach them anything. So I think that's. Yeah, that's great. And having books is always just such a much better way to teach kids, I think. Oh, you know what? Like we use so many books in here. Even in my online classes, I'm reading them three books in an hour session as well, as well as doing other stuff. But there's just so much that they can learn from a book. Um, you know, I could pick, I just, that's my favourite thing to do is pick up a book. What can I teach from this? And um, 
yeah, it's it's really exciting to think that I can, you know, maybe help other kids as well as the kids that come to the studio. So, yeah, amplifying that impact of the great great value you've got to give. I love that. Yeah. That's brilliant. And yeah. so with the um with the empowering uh, women book, how did you come about that opportunity to collaborate with fifteen other women? Um, so I had a a business mentoring group that I had joined late last year. And one of the early activities that I can remember was putting down goals that we wanted for 2020, (laughs) as if 2020 worked out the way any of us thought. Um, but one of the things that I actually wrote down for the first time was to publish a piece of my writing. And funnily enough, as a teacher, Teaching writing was never one of my favourite things to do. I I never thought of myself as a good writer, um, but obviously we'd have to model it for the kids. Anyway, I wrote that down and the next day one of the other girls in this group contacted me just out of the blue and said, hey, there's this book that um, Tammy Pike is um, coordinating. I think you need to be a part of it. And I was like, you wouldn't believe it. I actually wrote down on my goal yesterday to publish a piece of writing. Anyway, long story short, got in touch with Tammy, told her what I'm doing. She was like, yes, I want you in this book. And it all sort of started from there. So um, it's been, yeah, since sort of December, it's been in the pipeline and we've had a few delays because of COVID, but, um, you know, they're all printed, they're on their way and it's, yeah, it's super exciting. But again, there's that self-doubt that's popped in along the way of, you know, why do I deserve to be in this book or is my story good enough or, you know, all those sort of things that just constantly having to remind myself to get out of my own way and that I'm sure there's there are other mums out there that have lost themselves or been through postnatal depression or, um, you know, other, other issues that will benefit from this. So, um, you know, believing that I do have a story to tell and backing myself is a big one. Yeah, absolutely. No, I can see that a lot of women will get great value from reading and being a part of that journey along with you. Um, Because postnatal depression is is something that's it's not spoken about um, as much. It's still a bit of a taboo subject because no one really wants to own up to it. Um, uh, that was me. I, my nearest and dearest didn't even know for a long time and I was so ashamed of it. And I look now and, you know, there's other people who I know have suffered through it and there's, there should be no shame in it. Yet when it came to me, um, you know, I didn't treat myself the way I would treat others. And, um, you know, it's been a, a long road and um, I've gotten there and I just want other people to know that they can too. There is light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah, that's it. And it, it should be that with every sort of mental illness as well. Absolutely. You know? And I think that definitely the shift is happening within society with knowing and understanding and accepting. And But it's because it was just such an unknown, we didn't know about it. Mm. So there's always going to be that kind of time. But it is, um, 
it's definitely taking away that shame and blame. There's no rhyme, reason, you know, there's lots of theories, but the best thing we can do is get the support around us to be able to, to connect and understand that there is ways forward and be inspired and find these people that have gone through and, and you know, reach out when, when we need it too. That's exactly right, exactly right. Um, you know, there's, there shouldn't be any shame in it and asking for help when you need it is is massive. You know, it takes a lot of guts to do um, and, you know, I wish I had have done it earlier, I guess. And yeah. yeah. And do you think is that one of the reasons why you sort of really wanted to sort of formulate inspiring minds to encourage that confidence within children to be able to reach out for help when they need it? Absolutely. And, you know, my big thing is about mental health. Um, and I guess it's for me from um, having my own experiences with mental health problems that makes me want to support kids. Because, you know, if I can change the life of one child and the work that I do stop them from developing a mental health condition down the track of one, you know, um, and that's at the end of the day, that's what I want. I don't want to see other kids suffering from anxiety or depression or anything like that. And so if I can give them the skills that can hopefully mean they don't fall into that trap when things get tough because reality is, you know, they are going to experience hard times in life, then, um, you know, I'm, I'm doing something right. So good. I love it. Good on you. <laughs> and so... What are your sort of big dreams and vision for the future? Well, besides getting the book published, so selling out of this book would be amazing. Um, and then publishing, yeah, my children's book that I've got um, about bravery would be amazing. You know, maybe opening up another studio. Uh, you know, I do get people asking me a lot about when we're going to open one in this area or that area. Um, and, you know, maybe we might be able to do that. Um, you know, we're, we're looking at the potential of continuing an online program even past the lockdown that we have here because we've just got a lot of kids um, whose parents aren't confident in sending them straight back into kinder or looking to have something else to support them um, from home. So, yeah, we've, we've got the option of that um, as well and just, you know, really just continuing to learn and grow as a person because, you know, learning is one of my favourite things to do. So, um, yeah, just keep becoming the, a better version of myself and doing things um, better and smarter and, you know, sh setting an example for my kids that whatever you put your mind to, you can achieve if you work hard at it. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm throwing out to my kids, Hey kids, how cool is it? Mum's an author. And they look at me like, mm, yeah, you know, one day they'll, they'll understand that that's pretty impressive or, um, you know, I hope but just kind of <laughs> set a good example for them. Yeah, that's it. And you don't have to just go into a job and stay in the job. You know, you can do the job and you do other things, you know. They might just see what it is you're doing right now as your work, but it doesn't have to be the only thing that you do. And and they will. They'll get to a point where they'll look um, back and they go, oh, look at the stuff that mum achieved, you know. They do get to see that, some, you know, with some of the stuff that we do. We did a big bushfire fundraiser 
in January and we raised an amazing amount of money to donate to Wildlife Victoria. And at the end of that day, like my son came up to me and he said, Mum, what you did today was really special. And I was like, oh, like waterworks. But, you know, for him to recognise, and it wasn't just me, obviously, it was a big collective effort, but for him to see the impact that, you know, of what we had done and how we were helping others. And it's a big thing. Like I talk to my kids that we have, you know, we're, we live in gratitude of, you know, what are we grateful for? We're very blessed in our life. Um, and, you know, that one of the big things that we need to do is help other people um, in life, whether that be putting money in someone, a homeless person's cup that's sitting on the street in the city or, um donating things to charity, to supporting the Royal Children's Hospital Good Friday Appeal, whatever it might be, um, you know, we they understand that it's important to help others. So, you know, I that's, think it's one of the best things important. that you can, one of the best values you can instill in your kids. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Be kind. That's, you know, it, I sign off on every online class with the kids of, you know, just be kind to your parents, your brothers, your sisters, be kind to yourself. Um, you know, have a kind heart. It's such a it's such a big and important thing to do. Yeah, and I like what you just said. That is also be kind to yourself. You know, it's not just be kind to everyone else. We don't want to have a generation of people pleasers either. Um, mm. We want people to to own and respect themselves just as much as they own and like and conserve and respect other people too. Absolutely, yep. Because yeah, it's a part of your mental health is obviously looking after yourself. Yeah, um, and you know, being able to say yes to the things that you enjoy and no to the things that you don't enjoy, um, and you know, just realizing what it is that makes you happy and fills your bucket. You know, we read that book in here. Have you filled a bucket today? And talk about the things that fill our bucket and make us happy. So. Um, you know, hopefully these little people that deal with us online or come in here can, you know, go through life with a bit more emotional intelligence, um, you know, and being able to look after themselves as they grow. Yeah, perfect. That's gorgeous. And so how can people contact, assist, follow along on your journey? Yeah, so on our um, Facebook or Instagram page, um, Inspiring Mind Studio, or you can get in touch with us on our website as well. Um, and Or if you're local, when lockdown ends, you can come into one of our workshops or classes. Um, and, yeah, probably Facebook and Instagram are the best ways to keep in touch and see what we're doing. Yeah, great. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Kyle. It's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show. Thank you so much. It's been great chatting to you. (laughs) Thank you for joining us and I hope you enjoyed the show. If you want to hear more stories of awesome everyday people helping their communities, then make sure you subscribe to this show. Also, if you or someone you know would like to be a guest on the show, please reach out to me via email at communityheroespodcast at gmail.com or connect with us on Facebook and Instagram just by searching Community Heroes Podcast. Also, you can connect with me personally on LinkedIn by searching Catherine Mahn, that's C-A-T-H-R-Y-N-M-A-H-O-N. I hope to hear from you soon.